0: From KGW News, this is Straight Talk with Laurel Porter.
1: Hello and welcome to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. Amidst the coronavirus pandemic, Portland and other major cities across the country are dealing with another kind of pandemic. On the streets, a disturbing wave of gun violence.
2: Things have changed dramatically from when I first moved here. And uh, it's kind of Sorry to see it heading in that direction. Uh, you know, this used to be a really beautiful city.
1: Gunfire in nearly every section of Portland is fraying neighbors' nerves. Shots fired on the streets, near schools, in parking lots, in usually quiet neighborhoods. And as a nine-year-old recounted for Portland City Council, bullets are flying in parks where kids are playing. We ducked behind it for less than two seconds and as I was getting up to run farther away a bullet shot about four to five feet to my right. Portland just passed a grim milestone. 1,000 shootings this year and surpassed the most violent year in the city's history when 70 people were killed in 1987. I just think it's insane. I do. I just it blows my mind and It blew my mind when I found out that there were shootings here and I called my daughter I said it's at Mount Scott. Is that the park I walk my dog in? She goes yes. One of the victims this summer 18 year old Michaela Harris who had just graduated from Grant High School. She was shot and killed in a mass shooting downtown that injured six others. We have late Michaela to rest but we also need justice so if anybody has anything to say please just come forward
0: look, Portland's supposed to be weird. It's not supposed to be dangerous.
1: In this episode of Straight Talk, we examine the gun violence in our community and look for possible solutions. Welcome to my guest, Lakiana Drury, the executive director of Word is Bond, a nonprofit that creates opportunities for young black men to interact with law enforcement. Ken Dulio is a sergeant with the Portland Police Bureau, and right now he's an acting lieutenant. He will head up the new focused intervention team with Portland Police. And also joining us, Multnomah County's Chief Deputy District Attorney, Kirsten Snowden. She heads up. The unit that handles gun crimes and gun homicides. Welcome, everyone, to Stray Talk. It's nice to have you here. We appreciate it. To get so, things started, I, to get things started, I want to ask each of you your quick take. Describe in just a few sentences what you see happening in our community when it comes to gun violence. And let's start with Lakiana.
2: I, I would say that what we're seeing with gun violence is part of a larger issue of underdevelopment of communities of color. That includes uh, both gun violence as well as under attainment in education, employment, and housing. And I think we're seeing it ripple across right now and exacerbated by the COVID pandemic.
1: And Sergeant Julio, what do you see?
2: You know, it's been the worst year uh, in the history of City of Portland
0: for the number of murders, the number of people hit by gunfire and the number of shootings overall. So it's just been um, just a horrible thing that, you know, has uh, happened. And, you know, from the police real standpoint, we definitely wanna do all we can to help bring these numbers down.
1: And Deputy DA Snowden, how would you describe the wave of gun violence? Well, it's unprecedented. Uh,
3: I mean, as, as you reported, we're, we've already hit 1,000 000- shootings for the year. We're getting ready to set an all time record in the city of Portland for homicides. And I agree with both Sergeant Julio and Makiana about uh, why this is happening. We are all here at the DA's office responding to these homicides personally. And so we're out weekends, nights at crime scenes helping the police with the investigations.
1: Well, oh, thank you. Let's go back to Sergeant Julio. We've been saying that this is the worst year that we've seen in gun violence. You've been doing this work a long time. What do you think has changed specifically over that time frame?
0: I mean, really it's been since the murder of George Floyd, we've seen this dramatic increase, really an explosion. And, you know, for us in the police bureau, just speaking on, you know, from my perspective, there's probably a lot of factors in the increase in gun uh, violence here in Portland and nationally. But when we lost our unit that was solely dedicated to fighting gun violence, I think that had a negative impact.
1: And let's let's follow that up with lakiana uh, statistics show victims of gun violence in Portland are disproportionately people of color. From your perspective, lakiana what do you think is causing this spike in gun violence? And and let me hear what you think about what uh, Sergeant Julio said about that gun violence reduction team that was disbanded, if that had anything to do with it.
2: I think it's it's hard to say exactly where it all comes from. I, I would say the source of it though is we have to look at the state of communities of color here in Portland and they are and have been historically underserved. So to see violence in these communities is part of the nature when there are not enough programs for the youth, there's not enough support for the families to look after their children. Um, and, and to provide adults with meaningful employment. Why it is spiking at this moment, I think is a combination of factors. As I mentioned earlier, the pandemic has pulled a lot of services away and we're not we're not having as many services in there. Um, and then what we also see that violence, as, as, as Ken had said, is spiking nationally. So I don't think it's something just unique to Portland that we could specifically say it's just because of this gun violence reduction team um, being disbanded.
1: But I wanna point out too that there's some new numbers that came out that show, yes, there's violence in in a lot of other major cities, but Portland seems to be unique that a lot of larger cities don't have the same number of gun violence incidents. Uh, San Francisco, for example, not as much as Portland. Seattle, half the number of gun homicides that we saw uh, here in Portland. Why do you think that is? Let me ask Deputy DA Snowden, what's your take on this?
3: Well, it's a tough question, and I don't have a crystal ball. I agree with Lakiana that this is uh, a result of a lot of different uh, factors playing a part. Um, I can tell you anecdotally that we do get calls from uh, folks that are on supervision, people who have been involved in the criminal justice system, and they're telling us that they are more afraid and they're telling us they're afraid because a lot of people have guns right now and because of their perception that the Portland Police Bureau isn't really investigating these crimes and because they don't have a gun violence uh, reduction team anymore and so they may perhaps that perception is incorrect but they some of these folks believe that they have to carry a gun <laughs> in order to protect themselves
1: Sergeant Julio do you want to respond to that
0: Yeah I would agree I mean we've heard directly from people impacted by gun violence that uh, they're really worried there's not a unit out there or officers out there uh, being proactive being in contact with people that are carrying guns that are driving from point A to point B so to speak looking to do retaliation and so you know I think that's had a negative impact um, you know with gun violence when the GVRT was disbanded
1: and Deputy D.A. Snowden, your office recently released a data dashboard on gun violence cases. Where are all these guns coming from? Are they legal, obtained illegally? How does that factor into what we're seeing? What's your take on that?
3: Yes, uh, it's a combination. Uh, in fact, we're working with the U.S. Attorney's Office to do a more comprehensive report into into tracing and figuring out exactly where these guns are coming from, but some of them are stolen in uh, car prowls and burglaries. Um, Many of them, though, however, are purchased legally by people who are lawfully able able to purchase a firearm, and then they are given to people who perhaps uh, are either using them uh, illegally because they're felons and and they're prohibited from owning a firearm at all, or um, in some cases. These are folks that are using guns to shoot other folks that are not felons, but they're obviously using them for illegal purposes.
1: Thank you. We, we talked to Commissioner Mingus Maps about the gun violence. He, he talked about something new to address the crisis: the new focused intervention team, or FIT, with the Portland Police Bureau, and his hopes for that team. Let's listen to Commissioner Maps.
0: Um, I'm actually very excited about this. I've challenged Council to join me in taking steps to reduce. Uh, homicides in the city by 20% in the next 15 months. The fit team is an important step towards that goal. Um, And I think we can achieve that goal while also being true to um, Portland values. And one of the ways we're gonna ensure that is the new fit team will have an independent citizen oversight group, which will monitor their work um, and um, ensure that um, the strategies they're using are consistent with the values of anti-racism.
1: Lakiana, how do you feel the focus intervention team could be more effective than say, the old uh, defunded gun violence reduction team? How can it build trust?
2: I think there's an opportunity for them to both intervene. And I think that's the piece that people have to be aware of with with the police in general, is that they're, they're an intervention piece, right? They can stop some crimes from happening or come to crimes after they have happened but they can't be the total part of the solution. But where they are able to fit in, I think if they can find a balance between intervention without disproportionately stopping black and other communities of color, I think that is part of the problem. I think the larger issue, we can go into this later though, is policing at the end of the day is not what our communities are most in need of.
1: And let's go to Sergeant Dulio. You head up this new team, FIT, and you used to be on the disbanded gun violence reduction team. How is FIT going to be different?
0: Well, first off, this will be the first time since July uh, 1st of 2020 that the police bureau has had a uniform team um, that focuses just on gun violence. And the go live date is projected to be around early December. So uh, I think one of the differences is we have this community oversight group and really everything and anything uh, we do, uh, we talk about with them. We meet once a week uh, with the entire committee and really, you know, we're opening to listen, listening to their input, their ideas. You know, they're going to tell us what they like, what they don't like. And the idea is like, we want to build that trust with the community. We want people to support the fit team. And uh, I think the oversight group will allow us to be more effective in doing that work by having input and say in being involved and they've been involved in every aspect like like i said from hiring the two sergeants we just brought on board to we're going to post for the officer position um, tomorrow that'll be open for two weeks and they'll be involved in the selection of those officers the training on and on
1: well this isn't a done deal yet though right you're still recruiting officers as you mentioned how hard has it been to get officers to want to be a part of this
0: well you know we tried this once and we only had a couple officers put in uh, officers were very hesitant. Um, you know, a lot of different reasons, but ultimately, like lack of support for doing this work. And I think some things uh, had changed, have changed a little bit. Um, there's been a little more vocal support from uh, the mayor's office, from a few on city council, and I think that's encouraging. I think it'll be important to actually get those votes to kind of refund, increase staffing, and really to have a long-term commitment from our elected leaders. Uh, This gun violence problem, you know, the FIT team isn't going to solve this overnight. There needs to be a long-term commitment to reducing gun violence, and it's going to take the mayor and city council to make sure we have the support of staffing and funding.
1: And how about the district attorney's office, Deputy DA Snowden? What do you think about this new FIT team, the idea? And do you and DA Schmidt support the FIT team? If so, how will you support them?
3: Yes, uh, our office absolutely supports the FIT team and the Portland Police Bureau in their efforts to uh, be able to more robustly uh, investigate these gun crimes. They need to have a dedicated team uh, to investigate these crimes, people with expertise, people with community relationships where they can learn important intelligence and information and share amongst themselves and with us So that we can help prevent that next shooting and it's incredibly important that uh, the folks affected by crime and the community as a whole trust in our police department to do uh, the job that they are very capable of doing and so hopefully the fit team can lead to improved trust in the relationship uh, with the community.
1: And talking about trust, one of the barriers to prosecution, law enforcement need witnesses to come forward to prosecute the cases. We talked with the FBI's Kieran Ramsey recently, and he said he and others are trying to build trust in the community, but it's been frustrating. Here's what he told us.
0: We're making that effort to engage with the community, gain that trust, so we can stop this either unwillingness or inability to provide law enforcement with information, because we know right now there are people out there that know some of these shooters. And maybe they were even victims. And the fact that they're not willing to share that with law enforcement is is, uh, just so frustrating.
1: Lakiana, you've talked with Agent Kieran Ramsey. What was your takeaway from the conversation you had and what do you think can be done to motivate people who have information to come forward?
2: Um, I, I honestly advised him that that approach is going to be extremely difficult because of the lack of mistrust with law enforcement that to ask the community to come forward and identify their neighbors or their family members in gun violence crimes would be like the same as asking the police bureau to identify the officers that are within their bureau that are racist it's it's probably not going to happen and i think that they have to look at a long-term strategy and how are their everyday practices impacting the trust with the community but also I would say that ultimately, instead of looking at it from the approach of how can we bring people forward to identify individuals with gun violence, ask ourselves, why is crime happening in these communities? Because communities that have the resources to be successful see less crime. And so if we look at it from that approach, if city council was to say, what in these communities is lacking that is leading people to do crime because the average individual is not just deciding they want to do crime just because they want to do it. Something is missing in those communities and I could list those things off, but that's where I would start.
1: Thank you, Lakiana. Many in the community though, want a more urgent action to reduce gun violence. What can be done right away? We'll find out what our guests think next. We're back in two minutes. Welcome back to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. We're talking about the wave of gun violence in the Portland area. Once again, welcome to my guest, Sergeant Ken Duglio with the Portland Police Bureau, Multnomah County Chief Deputy District Attorney Kirsten Snowden, and Lachiana Drury, Executive Director of the nonprofit Word is Bond. Once again, it's great to have you here. I want to start this segment off with Sergeant Dulio and talk about some of the resignations and retirements we've seen. We'll kind of break down some of these numbers. There have been over 167 retirements and resignations since July of 2020 from the Portland Police Bureau. Currently, the Portland Police minimum staffing model recommends 1,100 police officers. Today, there are just under 800 sworn officers. There are 127 sworn officer vacancy, vacancies. Two weeks ago, the Portland Police Union put out its five-year plan calling for an additional 800 officers. So, Sergeant Julio, my question, how much do you think adding more officers will help reduce gun violence?
0: Well, I'll tell you our extreme staffing shortage uh, has directly affected our ability to respond to all the shootings and thoroughly investigate them. And so, you know, not only did we have a bunch of retirements, but we had other officers that weren't at retirement age leave the Bureau. We kind of had a mass exodus, and so our our staffing quickly diminished. Um, Our response times, to 911 calls uh, is subpar and our ability to respond and thoroughly investigate violent crimes like shootings isn't where it needs to be
1: so you think adding more officers will help
0: i I think it's essential kind of what i said earlier i think there needs to be uh, a long-term commitment uh, to kind of refunding the police bureau and uh, right sizing restaffing uh, with enough officers
1: Lucky Anna, let's bring you in. You've talked a little bit about the need to invest in communities of color to try to for a long term solution. A lot of people in the community want more urgent action. What is your best recommendation for bringing gun violence down more rapidly in the community?
2: I would say a couple of things. I would first of all say <clears throat> prioritizing calls that are coming in. Um, I'm part of the Kenton Business Association, and one of the businesses um, received officers at their business over a noise complaint but a week later when there was a gun incident in one of the restaurants no officers responded so i think really carefully looking at the calls and and prioritizing those that are most urgent i would say also fully funding the portland street response to offload some of the bureau's duties they're 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 overburdened there's there's they're they're being called to do too many things and if we can allow the Portland Street response to respond to mental health calls across the city. I think that would also bring down their their burden and as much as possible to be present in high profile areas and at high profile times, I think could also be a deterrent in the immediate. I, I I would also stress though that those long-term solutions have to be worked on at the same time. And while they seem far off in the future, if they're not invested in, we will be here the same way we are today with the same numbers we had in nineteen eighty seven. We will be here in another twenty years with these same things unless we really fully commit to those long term solutions at the same time as we're pursuing the short-term solutions.
1: And we talked a little bit about this earlier uh, when you and I talked on the phone about, you talk about free college and and people would say, well, well, that's too expensive, but you say, maybe not.
2: Yeah, I, I would say that if we look at the amount of money that we are spending to incarcerate people, to uh, To spend on officers just going around arresting people or providing services that people are now like in hospitals that they can't pay for because they have no money. If we just invested on the front end, we would save so much. It costs less to send a student to college for a year than it does to house a prisoner in jail, and so. We can either invest on the front end and support those communities, or we can ignore them as we have and pay triple on the back end for social si- service nets um, and expensive mass incarceration systems that we have currently.
1: And let me go to Deputy DA Snowden. What is your office doing to try to reduce gun violence and interface with the community and law enforcement?
3: Yes, tragically, we get calls every week from distraught. Uh, members of the community who have lost a loved one to gun violence, and they desperately want justice for their loved ones. We are meeting with uh, the Portland Police Bureau and other law enforcement agencies on a weekly basis to talk about the, the shootings that have occurred that week. We are in the process of hiring more DAs and a data analyst in order to connect the dots between many of our shootings, which turn out from an evidentiary perspective to be related to one another. And so we are using every mechanism we have available to us to make cases where we can. Uh, we do need witnesses to come forward. All of our prosecutions, whether it's a stolen car or a, a murder, require witnesses to come to court and for us to put on evidence. And so. We we do everything we can to encourage people to come forward and explain what it is they've seen, or, or what they've um, been witnessed to.
1: We have about uh, forty-five seconds left for each of you. You can each take about forty-five seconds to to have a closing thought to share with our viewers. and And let's begin with Sergeant Dulio.
0: Well, you know, some of the stuff that I've been talking about in Laquiana and uh, Kirsten Snowden is like, you know kind of intervention, prevention, upstream, downstream solutions, police, and really they've been pitted against each other. And I would just say they shouldn't be in competition. We should fund all that on both ends, right? And if there's people concerned about uh, refunding the police and disparate treatments of communities of color, then let's work on that, but let's not, the opposite, reduce police staffing and have this horrible amount of violence, gun violence we're seeing in the community. Let's fund it all and let's go all in
1: and Deputy DA Kirsten Snowden.
3: Well, as you referenced at the beginning of the show, uh, people of color and in particular, uh, black Portlanders are at a disproportionate rate being gunned down and murdered. And so I appreciate the fact that you're bringing uh, public awareness to this problem because it is a critical issue for our community.
1: And Lakayana, you get the last word. You have about a minute uh, to to wrap things up for us.
2: I would just urge <clears throat> our our city leadership to invest in our communities of color. Invest in the schools so that students have teachers that look like them. Invest in housing so that all our communities of color are not just living in apartments but have homes that they can raise their families in. Uh, Invest in jobs so that fathers can be part of the households and and take their kids to the parks on Saturday and have money to be involved in them. Invest in our communities and it will come back tenfold. Um, That's what I would say.
1: Well, this is such an important conversation to have. I hope that you'll all come back so we can continue this conversation. It's an important one and one that the the community is really invested in. So thank you, if you'd like to find out more about Lockiana's nonprofit, Word is Bond, you can check out the website here. It's mywordisbond.org. And if you'd like to find out more statistics from the DA's office, you can check out the dashboard on the Multnomah County District Attorney's webpage, and you can see it here. A lot of good information there. Thank you to my guests, Chief Deputy District Attorney Kirsten Snowden, Lakiana Drury from Word is Bond, and Sergeant Candulio from the Portland Police Bureau. And thank you for watching and listening. Remember, you can get Straight Talk now as a podcast. All you have to do is search for KGW Straight Talk wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you'll join us next week. We'll dig into the rental crisis, how the pandemic has impacted both renters and landlords, and what's happening with assistance that's supposed to help but's been delayed. Join us next week for Straight Talk. We hope you have a great week.